Welcome to the Wizard of Whiskey podcast, the podcast dedicated to the hedonist lifestyle. I'm Justin Corey, aka the Wizard of Whiskey. I had the unique opportunity to interview a legend in the port world, George Sandeman, seventh generation of family Sandeman Port. This interview has been a long time coming, and unfortunately, I was under the weather and was unable to do a virtual tasting along with him. The ports will be open soon, and the tasting notes will be available online at wizardofwhiskey.com. So what can I tell you? What, can I tell you a little bit about Sandman? Then? I mean, just that would be of interest. Um, as, you, as you know, the, the, the company the company was started in 1790. Um, so that's what we, we celebrated last year. We celebrated our 225th uh, anniversary of a foundation in November. Um, we've we've always concentrated and specialized on the fortified wine. So uh, port, sherry, Madeira. Um, today, the main focus is on port, uh, definitely. Um, and uh, that's that's what's what, what's doing very well. Uh, people are learning more and more about port and uh, understanding that uh, that it is in fact a, a wine that has a, a lot of potential, a lot of flexibility, uh, a lot of very agreeable flavors to it, uh, and that's 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 making it and giving it giving it its success. I think at this point in time. Um, you see, we, 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 we focus a lot, uh, as, as you may know, on, on tawny ports, uh, which is sort of unusual for, for an English house. Uh, most, most of the English houses focused a lot on, on vintage port, but uh, we always had a, a very good inventory, a very good stock of, of tawny ports which was first laid down in around in the, in the 1850s, in the early 1850s. Um, and what we do have is records that show that between 1850 and 1870, they laid down uh, 10,000 pipes, which are casks uh, of, of, of port uh, for aging into tawny port. Uh, and that's, that's given us a, a very big advantage in providing uh, the market with particularly 20-year-old tawny port, although we also do 30-year-old and 40-year-old tawny ports, uh, so we, we do the whole range. But 20-year-old uh, tawny port, I think, is where our main uh, interest lies and, and, and what we really do well, uh, and it happens to be my favorite port, so that, that's always always handy for that one. Excellent, excellent. Um, for for the listeners out there, um, can you give a brief rundown of the difference between a ruby and a tawny port? Oh, absolutely. So ruby ports, I mean, ruby and tawny are really the description of the color of the wine. Um, so ruby ports, as you would imagine, are very deep red. Uh, if they're very young, they're quite purple in color, uh, and then as they Moves through their life cycle, they, 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 that 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 purple develops into into a red. But they're always wines that have a lot of great upfront fruit to them. So they're they're very plummy, strawberry, uh, 
full-bodied, uh, intense in the mouth, but, uh, but very full-bodied, plummy ones. Whereas tawny ports, which have been aged in small uh, oak casks, um, have obviously uh, gained some, some character through uh, being exposed to additional wood and air, and so they've oxidized. And the red that you find initially in the young port uh, over time ages out, and these wines become lighter in color, uh, tawny in color, actually, that's where the name comes from, uh, amber colors uh, with hints of red and, and, and gold highlights. Um, and that's what, when you find a, a really good tawny, you'll find that it's, a, it's an amber, a red, yellow, gold, amber color, uh, not brown, never brown, that's a, that's a bad sign, uh, but uh, you know, with this wonderful sort of uh, luminescence that you get in these uh, uh, amber tawnies, uh, and, and, and very interesting. Of course, the flavors are very different as well. Uh, here you have wine, uh, a wine that has flavors of, uh, and aromas of uh, dried fruits, dried apricots, uh, almonds, nuts, spices. So, in fact, although they look like lighter wines because of the color, they're in fact much more complex wines and wines that uh, really go very well with with, with uh, food and, and, and chilled um, and, uh, and even um, I, I dare say uh, in cocktails, uh, which is which is one of the areas we've been looking at. So a great difference in the two wines, and really depends on whether you like big, fresh, fruity. Uh, uh, as my friends sometimes say, in-your-face wines, or if you like something that's a little bit more subtle and a little bit more complex uh, contemplative wines. Excellent. That was <clears throat> that was perfect. Um, a lot of people out there are searching for, for just some, some basic port knowledge because it's, it's one of those things that's it's amazing and people love it. Um, and those that love it know a lot about it. Um, and those that are just starting out are completely clueless. Um, and so, so this, this podcast is actually meant to educate uh, everybody. Um, so, so I appreciate that. Um, so what, um, you guys have been around for, for 200 plus years and that's, that's pretty cool. You're seventh generation. Um, what, uh, what do the eighth and ninth generations look like? Uh, well, uh, they're, they're, they're still quite, uh, they're quite young, uh, and, uh, <laughs> they're, 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 they're contemplating, you know, whether they would, uh, like to, to, to come into, into the wine business. Um, uh, the, 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 I have to say the, the seventh generation had a very intense conversation with the sixth generation, uh, and there wasn't much uh, alternative than, than to come into the, into the port business, and something that I've enjoyed very much ever since that, uh, uh, that conversation with my father. But uh, nowadays, of course, we give much more choice. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, I'll get to persuade uh, my younger children that they'll, they'd like to come into the in, into the company and and work and continue uh, the history uh, of, of Sandman for for another generation. Um, but what what is important, I think, is that the wines that we've been making over these generations have remained really remarkably consistent, uh, particularly for the last three or four generations, uh, with very good stocks of wines. And, and port really depends on the quality of your inventory and the quantity of your inventory, uh, and, and particularly aging inventory.
And as I said, uh, you know, in, in, in 1870, we already had 10,000 pipes of port uh, aging, particularly for tawny. But uh, today, of course, it's, it's quite substantially more. By the way, I should mention, and I did mention, but just to repeat again, a pipe of port, which is the, the traditional term in a porto, uh, is equivalent to a cask of wine, uh, although at 500 liters, it's a bit bigger. Um, but, uh, but we'll see, we'll see what's, what's going to happen. Um, the, one, one of the things I'd like to mention is, I mean, you know, the, the, this, this uh, stock of tawny port that we have really uh, is, is a little bit like uh, handling the crown jewels. Uh, none of us uh, actually, it doesn't belong to us. It belongs to, to the tradition and the history. Um, so uh, it, it's been passed down, uh, not just through uh, six generations uh, from, from after the founder, uh, but also uh, five generations of winemakers or blenders. And today's blender, uh, a man called Luis, Luis Sotomayor, um, has the full responsibility of maintaining the stock as it is today in terms of quality um, for future generations. So it's, it really is uh, interesting to be in this, this sort of historical continuity, if you want, uh, to make quality wine. Excellent, excellent. Um, what um, can you tell us a little bit about the the current lineup? I uh, so, some of you might be able to hear it in my in my voice. I'm a little under the weather, unfortunately, yeah, and uh, the wines were sent, but I uh, I cannot uh, I cannot partake of them today. But uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about your current lineup and what uh, uh, the passion that drives uh, behind those. Okay, so I think, and, and, and you mentioned there, there, are, there are people coming into tasting port, and, and, and it, it is, it does have, I mean, like wine in general, there, there are some, some key things that one needs to understand to be able to enjoy it. And as you move into, the, 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 into port, you'll find that there's more diversity, uh, and sometimes this can seem quite complex. But the first thing is to understand that there, there really are these two types of port, ruby and tawny, and they both have completely different characteristics due to their aging. So ruby is very intense and full-bodied, uh, very powerful, uh, and tawny's much more subtle, aged wines, uh, much more complexity. Um, we, we focus a lot on Founders Reserve, which is a reserve ruby port. Uh, and this is a wine that is uh, about five, six years old at the blend, it's a little bit like the same theory as, as, as uh, a champagne house has in making champagne, uh, the, 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 the reserve champagne. It's a blend of a couple of years, usually, to make a particular style. And I, I always recommend for people that are coming into port that Founders Reserve is a very good entry level uh, of port because it's a very uh, good port. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wine, uh, full-bodied, fruity, but it has a little bit of uh, age on it, so it's, it's round and, and, and supple. And if you serve it in a, and I always recommend this, serve it in a large glass and preferably slightly chilled, it's actually a very, very wonderful uh, experience. Uh, as, as a, uh, a, You can drink it as an aperitif before or as a dessert wine, and even with something like uh, chocolate, uh, if you if you enjoy if you enjoy chocolate, uh, 
or creamy cheeses if you enjoy creamy cheeses. And, and this makes for a very, very nice drink. I also recommend uh, Founders Reserve uh, on ice, uh, on the rocks, with a slice of orange, which makes it actually a very nice summer drink um, and uh, a, a very instant, if you want, drink, uh, long drink to, to have um, with a lot of flavor to it, but uh, quite, quite fresh. And uh, the orange works very, very well in the Ruby Port. Uh, the other wine that we focus a lot on, I mentioned, is the 20-year-old Tawny Port. And uh, this, this wine, of course, is the, the, the antithesis of Founders Reserve. Uh, very complex, uh, tawny, uh, amber in color, um, served chilled. Again, I always encourage people to drink port in large glasses. I mean, you can, you can pour a small measure into a large wine glass and you get much, much more uh, enjoyment out of it than very often port is served in a traditional small glass, which, which doesn't allow you to enjoy the aroma and, and, and enjoy the full flavors that come out uh, uh, of, of, a large, of a large glass. And again, I, I, I recommend the salmon and tawny old, uh, 20-year-old tawny uh, served uh, uh, chilled. Um, Normally, uh, I, I serve the wines chilled and allow them to warm up slightly in the glass till, till the temperature that you, that you can enjoy. There's nothing worse than serving, I think, any wine too warm. Um, so so it, it can always you know, warm up in the glass, and that, that, that makes it very, very enjoyable. Of course, besides these two wines, the Founders Reserve and the Sandman 20-year-old Tawny, we, we also make a full range of uh, vintage ports, uh, late bottled vintage ports and even single estate vintage ports as well as a 10, a 30 and a 40 year old tawny um, and, th and that gives you the diversity if you want in, in these wines but starting off I, I'm a great believer in Founders Reserve and 20 year old tawny as two very good wines that one can rely on and, and, and really enjoy drinking Okay, fantastic. <clears throat> um, as far as um, as far as a little more about kind of port basics, if you don't mind, if you would indulge us, so, no, no, please. please. Um, can we uh, talk a little bit about um, the the production and and the grapes actually used? Um, I understand that it's it's utterly gorgeous out there um, in uh, in Portugal um, during obviously you know all the time, but especially during harvest. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, how your vines are different, how the grapes are different, how they're treated a little differently, and then, of course, the actual production? Yes, I, I, absolutely. I mean, uh, the, 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 the vines are all cultivated and grown in a region in the north of Portugal uh, called the Douro Valley. And the Douro uh, is obviously is the river that flows through the middle of the valley, and all of the tributaries that ran into and run into the river have really created a, a very uh, a, a mountainous uh, landscape with very deep valleys and uh, steep hills. And it's on these hills, which have had terraces carved into them, that you find that the grapes have been planted there, the vines have been planted. And so you, you, you really get on each terrace maybe two rows of vines or maximum of three rows of vines on a soil 
that uh, is, is, is quite a, a tough soil. It's a slate-like uh, soil that's been broken up, a rock that's been broken up. Uh, it's called schist. And uh, this forces the vines to, to put the, the, the roots very deep into the ground. And of course, it extracts a lot of the nutrients that they find in the water that they find very deep into the ground, which of course, combined with uh, the, the very warm uh, climate that we have in the summertime, it gets, it gets up uh, well into the you know, uh, 100 uh, uh, degrees Fahrenheit, cause, uh, creates or, or produces grapes that have quite high sugar content, very high sugar content. And this, when it's uh, crushed, uh, these grapes are crushed and fermented, uh, give a wine that has an, a very high uh, uh, sugar in, in, as residual sugar uh, after after the fermentation. Um, the, the varieties we use uh, are traditional varieties that have been planted in, in the Douro Valley for very many years, and there are five uh, key varieties that uh, that, that uh, we use in producing port. Uh, the, probably the best best known of those is the Tariga Nacional. Um, which is uh, a Portuguese variety, uh, as well as Tariga Franca, um, which is a variety that uh, came in three or four hundred years ago, uh, and then and then three other varieties, which I won't go into because it becomes very technical. Um, but uh, it's these varieties that give these very intense, uh, deep, fruity wines. Now, what makes port completely different to other wines? is the fact that during this process of fermentation, as the, the sugar in the, in, the, in, in the wine, the fermenting must, is converted to alcohol, we actually stop the fermentation. We, we add uh, chilled uh, alcohol uh, to stop the fermentation. It, it, it kills the yeast. And that means that you have a wine at the end of the fermentation that has about 100 grams per liter of, 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 of residual sweetness. So it's quite sweet. However, because of the really great uh, crispness that, that these grapes impart on the wine, the wine doesn't seem at all uh, sweet at the end of uh, or at the end of the tasting. You have a wine that's very rich in flavour, um, but uh, leaves you a palate. Your, your, your mouth feeling very clean after, after tasting it, which of course makes it very enticing and, 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 you, and you really look to taste them more. Um, the aging of these wines uh, is carried out uh, in, in one of two ways. So the ruby ports uh, are aged normally in very large wooden vats uh, and we protect the ruby port from, from oxygen so that it stays fresh and fruity and plummy uh, strawberry flavors that you get in, in Ruby Port. Very intense uh, and flavorful wine, very deep in color, red color. Whereas Tawny Ports are aged in smaller oak casks. And here, the oxygen gets into the wine, and as the wine ages and oxidizes, the color drops out and it evolves into the, 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 the Tawny color that gives it its name. Uh, this amber, red amber with yellow highlights, gold, gold highlights, 
that, uh, that, that creates what is a, a really great tawny port. And, uh, and after the process of aging, basically we bottle these wines and they're all shipped, uh, ready for drinking, essentially. Now, on an exceptional basis, and this means that every maybe three or four years, when we have a particularly good harvest, we'll make uh, a batch or a lot uh, of wine, which is called a uh, vintage port. This, is, this receives the, the, the year, it receives a special certification for quality, and is designated with the year of, uh, of, of the harvest. And these wines, in fact, uh, are very attractive when you drink them young, very big and, and full-bodied, but they age very well in bottle. And some people like to keep these wines for anything up to 50 years or 60 years uh, before drinking them. Um, sometimes you can find these wines, and of course they they they, they attain you know, good values um, or quite high prices uh, as 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 the wines become older and of course become rarer. But uh, for for every every day, I would say tawny port is a, uh, and particularly the aged tawny ports are very good alternatives. Wow. Okay. Um, thank you very much for the for the port lesson. I am. Um, <laughs> I, I don't always... too much. <laughs> no, not at all. It was it was perfect. Um, I myself have always been a big fan, and of, of course of yours uh, in particular. Um, so I uh, I look forward to uh, to hearing more about uh, Sandman. I look forward to tasting these wines. Um, well, I, uh, I, I hope I, I hope you get better. No, I, I was going to say I hope that you get better soon, and that uh, that um, you know that you will be able to, to taste them uh, and, and, and enjoy them. And as I say, I, I, I'm a strong believer in that, that when you do enjoy port, um, it should be served in a large glass and slightly cooled or chilled, um, that so that uh, that you in fact you get all the best characteristics um, out, out of the wine. Um, and, and, and a lot of the, the flavor and, and, and aroma. So I, I hope you're better soon, and, uh, you know, uh, all, all the best. And, and maybe we'll bump into each other in the in the future when I'm over in the United States, or if you're coming here to Portugal. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Uh, I, I would love a trip out there. Um, it's definitely in the, in the cards at some point. I'm just not sure when, but uh, it's definitely a possibility. Um, one quick thing. Um, this is something of a bit of contention with some people that I know. Um, <clears throat> when you open a bottle of port, um, how long uh, can it stay open, or should it stay open before it's the bottle is completely empty? I know this is this is kind of a, uh, an argument with a lot of people that I have. Um, they all say that it, it can stay open for months at a time. Uh, some people say it needs to be consumed like any other bottle of wine. What is your uh, what is your view on that? Well, it's it, I think it's like 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 wine in general. There's there, there there are guidelines, but no really clear uh, uh, rules if you want. So the, the guidelines we 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 like to apply uh, are like this: if it's a vintage port, uh, a young vintage port, probably if you keep it for forty eight hours. Uh, two three days it'll be fine 
the first thing I have to say is if you leave it longer, it's not going to go off. It just will lose some of its character. It'll lose some of its intensity. Uh, it'll still taste uh, very nice, but it won't be as intense. Uh, so unlike uh, most still wines, uh, because of the alcohol and because of the sugar, uh, the wines can stay open a little bit longer. Now, if it's an old vintage port, we always recommend people to drink it within 24 hours. And that's, I think, where probably many people say that should be applied to everything. And that I'm not, I'm not in agreement with. So, so that's on, on vintage port. On ruby ports in general, we believe that uh, you, can, you can basically keep the bottle open for about three to four weeks, drink it over three to four weeks. And, and you may find that at the end of the four weeks, the wine has started to fade slightly. Um, but uh, it'll still be good and nice and, you know, and, 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 and flavorful. Uh, tawny ports, because they've been aged in an environment that exposes them to air, actually last a lot longer with open bottle. And here you probably have maybe four to eight weeks before the wines start to fade. Um, but as I say, uh, they, they, they tend to lose the aroma um, and they tend to diminish a little bit in the flavor, but uh, the wine itself doesn't go off. It's not like a red wine, which may, may even turn to vinegar uh, after a, a period of time of being open. So port has that, that availability. Now, what I don't recommend is uh, for, and some people do this, open a bottle of port and keep it for months and months. Um, it's, not, it's not good for the person who's enjoying it, and it's not definitely not good for the wine to keep it for, for more than, uh, than, than eight weeks if it's a tawny, and four weeks if it's a ruby. That, that's, that's the guideline that I would give. Fantastic. Consider it settled, everyone. That's from from the from the master himself. That's that's how long you can keep port open. So, Mr. Sanderman, I uh, thank you very much for your time. Um, it, and, uh, it was a great pleasure. Please get better soon. <laughs>